Welcome to Read Me a Poem Podcast, a podcast about poetry. I'm your host, Haley Petway. In each episode of this podcast, we're going to start with the reading of a poem. Then we'll talk briefly about who the poet is, why they're interesting, and where this poem fits into their body of work. Let's begin. Medlars and Sorbapples by D.H. Lawrence I love you rotten. Delicious rottenness. I love to suck you out from your skins. So brown and soft and coming suave. So morbid as the Italians say. What a rare, powerful, reminiscent flavor comes out of your falling through the stages of decay, stream within stream. Something of the same flavor as Syracusean Muscat wine or vulgar Marsala. Though even the word Marsala will smack of preciosity soon in the pussyfoot west. What is it? What is it in the grape-turning raisin, in the medlar, in the sorbapple, wine skins of brown morbidity, autumnal excrementia? What is it that reminds us of white gods? Gods nude as blanched nut kernels, strangely, half-sinisterly, flesh-fragrant, as if with sweat, and drenched with mystery. Sorbapples, medlars with dead crowns, I say, wonderful are the hellish experiences, Orphic, delicate, Dionysus of the underworld. A kiss, and a vivid spasm of farewell, a moment's orgasm of rupture, then along the damp road alone till the next turning, and there, a new partner, a new parting, a new unfusing into twain, a new gasp of further isolation, a new intoxication of loneliness among decaying, frost-cold leaves. Going down the strange lanes of hell, more and more intensely alone, the fibers of the heart parting one after the other, and yet the soul continuing, naked-footed, ever more vividly embodied, like a flame blown wider and wider, in a deeper and deeper darkness, ever more exquisite, distilled in separation. So in the strange retorts of medlars and sorbapples, the distilled essence of hell, the exquisite odor of leave-taking, Jean Corval, Orpheus, and the winding, leaf-clogged, silent lanes of hell, each soul departing with its own isolation, strangest of all strange companions, and best. Medlars, sorbapples, more than sweet, flux of autumn, sucked out of your empty bladders and sipped down, perhaps, with a sip of marsala, so that the rambling, sky-dropped grape can add its music to yours. Orphic farewell, and farewell, and farewell. And the ego sum of Dionysus, and the sono eo of perfect drunkenness, intoxication of final loneliness. It's no good trying to get rid of your own aloneness. You've got to stick to it all your life. Only at times, at times, the gap will be filled in. In this look at D.H. Lawrence, we're going to examine his failed relationship with H.D., or Hilda Doolittle. They had a short-lived and much-alluded-to relationship that not much is really known about. Most of what we know about them is from references to each other they made in their own work. What is certain is that while Lawrence and Doolittle both embraced non-conventional relationships, for whatever reason, their relationship did not work. In H.D.'s book, Tribute to Freud, she chronicles her sessions with Freud, in which she comes to see Lawrence, not just as the Orpheus to her Eurydice, 
but also as the Osiris to her Isis. He is her leader, but he is also her twin brother and the mirror of herself. She concludes that just like Isis, she must continually try to reconstruct him, and she does this in the continual re-examination of their relationship as seen in her fiction, in her journals, and her memoirs. H.D.'s poem Eurydice is often seen as an outpouring of rage at the failure of both her marriage as well as the failure of her relationship with Lawrence. If the writing is anything to go on, she felt let down and betrayed by both men. Lawrence's medlars and sorbabbles can be read as a response to H.D.'s condemnation in Eurydice. In medlars, Lawrence explores the Orphic myth yet again, but this time Eurydice is absent. She is unnamed in the poem and is represented by a group of nameless women whom he finds intoxicating, each in their own turn before eventually parting. In this telling of the Orphic myth, Orpheus's descent into the underworld is less about his pursuit of Eurydice and more about his descent into himself and his discovery of the perfect intoxication of self-exploration. In effect, Lawrence writes H.D. out of the story almost entirely and replaces her with a nameless, faceless she who was absolutely replaceable. How devastating. A lot has been made of the relationship between Lawrence and H.D., and most of it is supposition, but if you read between the lines, you can see the squaring off of two giants of modern poetry. <laughs>